Happy Friday and welcome into Nosebleeds. Tyler, who Matt Benson here with me. I'm Miles Grossman. Thanks you all for being here. It's a stacked half hour show for you today. Mets dropped two straight to the Astros before heading to Miami. First round all-star voting has been released. We'll break that down. But first, the Yankees are simply unbelievable right now. 52 and eight best in the MLB. And of course, last night on the eve of his arbitration meeting, Aaron Judge completes the comeback against the Astros with a single to left field. It's been so fun to watch the Yankees this year, especially as of late. It's just unbelievable. And this is a big series. I mean, the, the Astros are a team you could really see the Yankees contending the AL down the stretch with. So it's definitely an important series. And while they are 52 and 18, I think what a lot of people have said is have they really proven that they can beat contenders consistently? And Tyler, I'll turn it to you here. I don't know if they have proven that yet. And even obviously it's, it's, it's an unreal record. You expect that they're, they're going to win every ball game at this point. It's just so, so fun to be a Yankee fan. But when you face a team like the Astros in October, I wouldn't be shocked if the Astros take them down to the wire. I wouldn't be shocked either. The down to the wire thing, first of all, Yankees and Astros, you'll see them in the ALCS. There's no doubt about it. Second of all, yes, they'll go down to the wire. They're the two best teams in baseball, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, the Yankees have proven to me that they can be good teams. They went 7-2 and two in their most recent stretch against the um, – AL East rivals that were the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. They're 12 and a half games up on the Blue Jays. They're the best team in baseball, but what, seven games now? Seven and a half games now. Uh, just absolutely running away with the AL pen. Uh, the, like they have a 148 plus 148 run differential. They have the best pitching staff in baseball. They hit home runs. Their offense is ridiculous. They have, like, I think, the highest WRC plus, like, highest like home runs. All the good numbers, all the good metrics that actually matter, the Yankees are top or in second place for. So the Yankees right now are by far the best team in baseball. Could they improve? Yes. And I, I could talk about trade deadline moves that I want the Yankees to make. That being said, there is nothing really to worry about with the Yankees. You saw it, like back-to-back games that they're down three runs against good teams. Maybe the Rays aren't that good this year. They're injury-riddled injury and, you know, a couple of bad, not-so-great players in the starting lineup. That being said, this is the Houston Astros we're talking about. We face our, they face an elite closer in Ryan Presley, and one of their like one of the guys who's been struggling all year, but it started like struggling since May. He had a brutal May. Aaron Hicks, good April, atrociously bad May. Mm-hmm. He's had a great June so far. He's had clutch hits after hits. He had a clutch three run uh, double against the um, against the Blue Jays. I believe he had a two-run home run against the Twins to tie the game up. And then, bang, his biggest moment of the season so far is it's game-time three-run home run against one of our big, the Yankees' biggest rivals, Aaron Hicks. In the bottom, in the bottom of the ninth, Hicks to the sticks, as John Sterling likes to say, <laughs> with a massive moment, really just shows what the Yankees have become. Like they, No game is over with the Yankees this year. And though, yeah, you mentioned it, but those playoff, I mean, not playoff comeback wins are just unbelievable because last night I surely, you know, thought that game was over. I didn't even consider it, turned the TV off, went to bed. I, you know, I I was not tuned in when when they made that comeback because, you know, they have only lost 18 games. You think, okay, they kind of have to regress to the mean a bit. It's Mm -hmm. a good team in the Astros. And yet they pull off that type of comeback. Matt, I'll turn it to you here. Now that the Astros, have dropped one. It, it's going to obviously going to be a competitive series the rest of the way. What, what kind of success do you see the Yankees having against the Astros this weekend? Yeah. First of all, I agree with 
pretty much everything Tyler said. I think the the biggest thing is the clutch hitting that the Yankees have, which good teams find a way to win, even the close games, the hard games, the, the games against the good teams. And obviously this is a tough series against the Astros right now. But at, especially after last night, I see the Yankees going three and one against the Astros in this series. I think they're going to drop tonight to Verlander just because of how good of a season he's having. But we got we got Nestor and we got Cole coming up after that, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna go one win win the first, lose the second, and then finish finish it out in the last two games. So I think that's how it's gonna go. And I think Yankee fans would be perfectly content with that. You know, three and one against a team like the Astros when you're playing like this is absolutely you'll take that every day of the week. But yesterday they came back from their they came back, but why were they in the deficit to begin with? That was Tyone and. Someone, someone who's really been reliable all year for the Yankees, 5.2, gave up 10 hits, six earned, only three Ks. That's not something we've seen out of Tyone very much this year. And, you know, the Yankees pitching staff has really out overperformed. You know, I don't think that they've, they've surely exceeded expectations through the first half, but Tyler, I don't really see Tyone in these, these mid-level arms for the Yankees keeping it up through the second half. I think that it's true that they're going to have to make a push for a starter before the trade deadline if they're really going to have a chance in October. I'm going to be honest with you, Miles. I disagree with that point about making a trade for a starter. Um, the Yankees currently have the five – well, they have the best staff in baseball. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, their highest ERA amongst their starters is a 3.27 and Luis Severino, who – most Yankee fans believe can be their second best starter. Obviously, Nasty Nestor, Garrett Cole. That being said, having Sevies or three starters ridiculously like good. To have a 3.27 as your highest ERA staff, and sure, regression will come. Guys like Jordan Montgomery, he's a 2.97. He'll probably regress to like 3.4. Mont, like James and Tyone, like a 3.5, which I really don't worry about. I don't worry about that because even if the Yankees staff regresses a little, you got guys that can give the Yankees starters a day off, like Clark Schmidt in AAA has options, can come up, down, J.P. Sears. They have a very deep rotation. Their bullpen's rested. The Yankees have been able to give their bullpen length all year, which has been one of the best assets. Last year, the problem was the bullpen was burned out by September. This year, doesn't look like the case. We've got Clay Holmes, we got Michael King, Wandy Peralta. And guys that come come back like Aroldis Chapman, Jonathan Loisaga, who has had a really bad start to the year, but we know what he's capable of. Zach Britton, even. And this staff does not worry me. There's guys that show a lot of potential, and I'm sure the Yankees will make a move, but not for a starter. I think they'll make a move for a bullpen arm. Just because also we have to remember there the new rule is that you can only carry 13 pitchers. So the Yankees have to prioritize who they can get. They just got Albert Abreu back from uh I think the Royals DFA'd him. So basically, they got Jose Trevino for free. The, one of the best catchers in baseball. They got him for free. Uh, they get Albert Breu back. Clark Schmidt's back down AAA. There's so many options to the Yankees that even if they don't get a bullpen arm, the confidence level is still super high for me with the Yankees' arms. And I think that they are they don't really need an arm. But insurance will be nice. That That's my think thinking. I definitely see them making a move. But I guess it, a bullpen arm would make sense. I guess I'm getting a little, uh, you know, just it, it, you're so used to success from Yankee Arms when you see Tyone do this, you're thinking, oh well, we might see this again the rest of the year. Are they going to need to make some moves? But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think so. Yeah, a, a bullpen arm would would make sense. But we touched on it a little bit earlier. But the the judge arbitration situation is intriguing to me because every time Judge asserts himself and shows that 
the Yankees' success is relatively dependent on him, such as last night. Obviously, you know, handful of people helped out yesterday, but Judge is pivotal when it comes to Yankee success. And last night, you got to think that when the Yankee front office sees that Yankee ownership sees that they're thinking, you know, we've only lost 18 games this year. We'll take an Aaron judge slump, even lose a couple ball games. If it means that we can get a better judge on a better deal on Aaron judge at the end of the year. And, you know, I know that that might sound a little silly to think that they're really hope betting against their, their all-star and betting against arguably the most productive player in baseball. But, you know, if Aaron judge keeps this up, I'd be pretty surprised to see him being able to stay in New York, just given all the suitors he's going to have. And given his age, obviously, you know, the Yankees might be a little bit ambivalent to give him eight plus years. And I wouldn't be all that shocked to see some deep pockets out West in San Francisco, et cetera, want to give him that eight on Matt, I'm wondering, you know, with this arbitration meeting today, there's a lot of politics involved. Do you think that, you know, the Yankees are going to take the approach of, of trying to please judge. Or are they going to, cause I know they submitted that their, their deal at 17 judge submitted at 21. How do you see that shifting? And do you see the, the Yankees playing the role of, you know, the nice guy here? I think they're going to play the nice guy, honestly, because judge has been the face of the Yankees for what the past five years now, maybe even six years. It's going to be tough to also fill that leadership role that he has on the team. Cause I don't know who's, now that, now that Brett Gardner is no longer playing, like who's really their guy that's been there for a long time for the Yankees? And I, I just think that they it's important for the Yankees to keep that guy who's a leader in the clubhouse, who's been there for a long time, and who has obviously maintained success for a long period of time now. And this year, it's going to stink for the Yankees' pockets in the offseason next year just because of how good he's played this year. He's already – he's, what, 27 home runs right now, which is absurd, and we're only at June 24th right now. So I think I think the Yankees, they should please judge. I don't know if they will just because of the money aspect, but I, I hope he gets that $21 million today. Tyler? No, Pam. Um, <laughs> there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, this is the face of the Yankees. The guy has a part of the stadium named after him, Judges Chambers, uh, which I will be visiting today. Well, not Judges Chambers, but um, I'll be at the game today. <laughs> um, he is one of the highest selling jerseys in baseball, super marketable, um, one of the most loved players in the Yankee, recent Yankee memory. Our, the Yankees' best players is Jeter or Aaron Judge. I mean, or A-Rod. Aaron Judge is the face of the Yankees, and if you don't pay him, the amount, the riot that the Yankee fans will throw if Aaron Judge is wearing another uniform come opening day next year is going to be ridiculous. I and definitely sure, think, or I didn't mean to cut off, but I, yeah, I definitely yeah. think that it, it's going to be a bit harder to retain Judge than you guys are making it out to be. I mean, it's not no, like... I, not, you pay the guy. Um, Hal Steinbrenner, this is his legacy moment pretty much as an owner. You pay the man. Um you don't get outbid by Steve Cohen. You don't get outbid by the Dodgers or the Giants. This is the New York Yankees we're talking about. I don't care that Steve Cohen is $13 billion hanging right there. You pay the man and you figure out the rest later because this is the best player they've had since A-Rod or Jeter. You pay the man and you figure out the rest afterwards. I agree with you, but we can't sit back and act like 
there's not going to be a million other suitors with with just as deep pockets who who are maybe even more desperate for an Aaron Judge type character than the Yankees are at this point. Well, tell you know? them to tell them to develop their own player because Aaron Judge is a New York <laughs> Yankee for life. Mark that down. I, I sure hope so. And and if I'm Judge, I want to stay in New York. Obviously, I think just being cemented in Yankee history would mean a lot to me. You know, it, if you're a centimillionaire, you're a centimillionaire wherever you go. It. it it is what makes a difference to me is going to be, you know, what's your part in baseball history? And I, if I'm Aaron Judge, I would don't, I'm not telling that to the Yankees, but I'm not even considering leaving New York because that, 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 that would mean something to me. You know, I want to be a part of New York Yankee history being cemented with that A Rod Jeter judge. I mean, if you're, if you're a 30 year old baseball player, what, what, what's better than that? What, what, you know what I mean? He's, he's on his way to being a Hall of Famer, it surely seems. And if he can solidify himself in Yankee history, I think he'd be silly not to, but we'll now move over to, to Queens with the Mets, obviously two, two of the best teams in baseball with the Mets and, and the Yankees. It's been fun to be a baseball fan in the city of New York, but the, the Mets dropped two straight. Now they head to, to Miami, but to me, you know, the Yankees lineup gets a lot of respect. The Dodgers lineup gets a lot of respect, but one lineup that doesn't get enough attention to me is this Mets lineup. I think it's really in that top tier with those those two squads that I mentioned in the Dodgers and the Yankees, obviously, sure, they might not have the same firepower, the same star power throughout, but there are just so few holes, such few holes in the Mets lineup. When you think about it, even all the way from from McNeil down to Guillaume, it's it, it's unreal. But I'm wondering now that we're getting kind of into trade talk season, do we see the Mets making a move for an offensive weapon, or or will they only uh, make a move uh, pitching staff-wise, Tyler? Well, I haven't really looked at the offensive weapons that they should make a move for. Um, I do think that they should make a move for a big slugger. Um, that Because their batting average, their on-base percentage, it's like, yeah, they're second in batting average in baseball with a 261 batting average, a 332 on-base percentage was first, and they score the second most runs in baseball. This is a very good offense. Do I think they're top three, as you mentioned in the rundown? I don't know. That being said, I do think that they're a very good offense, but they're missing one power bat behind a guy who can, you know, when Pete Alonso isn't hitting nukes, uh, have somebody to compliment him. And so, like, maybe a, I don't, I haven't looked at any, like, particular names per se, but a guy who could, like, you know, make, make Pete Alonso's life a lot easier. Come, come October, you need more power bats. Home runs win games. I think last year was like 25 and three. The, the team that out home or the other team in the playoffs went 25 and three. So basically, home runs win games in October. So they need some big bats. Um, and I expect Steve Cohen, I expect them to be extro- uh, to be extro- like very, very aggressive at the deadline when it comes to just bats. You mentioned they've been lacking in the power department, and a part of that has been Lindor is only you know hitting sub two fifty right now. Right, you don't pay Lindor to hit sub two fifty. I mean, Pete Alonso absolutely. You know, it seems the Mets have become a bit Alonso dependent. I mean, he's the first player in the National League to twenty home runs a couple of days ago, leads the league sixty six RBIs. Guy's been unbelievable all year, but he surely will need some help. I guess my my argument is for them to be a top three team. It's just the lack of holes. You know, everywhere yeah. McNeil's been out with with the hamstring last week or so. But McNeil is really just every time he steps up to the plate, you just expect him to get hit. You know, hit, hitting 327, one of the best on base percentages in baseball. He's he's so reliable. You know what I mean? And 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 when 
you know, he goes down, I guess that the Mets are a little worse. I think that dropping two to the Astros, it seemed like the Mets were just one piece away at times offensively. And without McNeil, they're surely missing a reliable bat. But Matt, I'm wondering, do you do you consider this Mets offense in in, in that top three category or, or am I crazy? It's tough. It's tough. I think they're anywhere from three to five. And you can make arguments about who who could be there. I think Dodgers, Yankees are one, two in whichever order you want to do. I think Yankees might be better than the Dodgers by now in terms of lineup. But I think I think if the Mets had better power power numbers, they would be the top three offensive baseball. They only have they only have Pete Alonso is 20 home runs and then it's Lindor with 11. After that, it's like seven, seven, five, like mm-hmm. not great power numbers from guys. They have great average numbers. They have solid OPS, but I, I don't think their power numbers are up there enough, especially if they want to retain their spot in the NL East with the Phillies and the Braves coming up hot in June. Yeah, it's been a pretty competitive division, and we didn't really think that last month. We thought, okay, maybe the Mets will run away with this looking weak division, but not so much. And it seems, you know, especially with, you know, those two teams on their tail, it does seem that they'll have to make a move pitching-wise at the deadline, Tyler. A lot of the writers have written about Luis Castillo coming over, being a big target for the Mets with all their injuries, including DeGrom and Scherzer. What are your predictions for, for the Mets trade deadline? I mean, if they're making a trade, an arm, like a trade for an arm, um, the first name that came to mind was Frankie Montos for me. Absolute stud out in Oakland. Um, soon to be the Las Vegas A's, I think. Um, he throws really hard. Great sinker baller. Um, he went eight. He went, what, eight shutout yesterday? Um, and did, got no decision because the A's absolutely suck at baseball. Gotta be frustrating. Um, yeah, because there are guys, they're the guys, the closers. I, I, I'm actually mad about it because Frankie Montes is on my fantasy team, one and two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he didn't get the win. But two, the guys that followed him up decided to walk, like, I think four straight batters, which is pathetic. Um, I always feel like the A's find a way to be the least, you know, give their pitchers the least run support possible. <laughs> yeah, they because they, they, they play in a dump of a ballpark that has is impossible yeah. to hit in. That being said, Montas is a bona fide ace. He's an absolute stud. A guy that I wanted the Yankees to go after in the offseason. That being said, I'm ecstatic with the rotation. But the Mets, they could use an arm. And the Mets, like when they're all healthy, they have a very, very good um, staff. What they got the Grom, Scherzer, um, Bassett, Walker, and then the fifth arm like it's Kuki Carrasco, David Peterson, it's Tyler McGill. And Carrasco's been great. Speaking of him, he, Carrasco's he, been good. Here's the guy exited, that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got did he get hurt? He got hurt. He did. He did last start. Anyway, he, he was poor tightness. and then he got pulled because he got hurt. He got back tightness or something. Exactly. And yeah, if if you need another arm, if they if they need another arm, I mean, there's no better guy in the market than Frankie Montes. He throws gas. He's unbelievable what he does, and he the only reason his record's like that is because his team sucks and they have no run support. So, Steve Cohen, um, Billy Epler, if you're hearing this, if you need if you need to make a push, go get Frankie Montas. I hear that. I hear that. And then you touched on it a bit, but Carlos Carrasco out. Carrasco has been one of the most reliable arms for this Mets lineup, and he just adds to the plethora of injuries the Mets pitching staff has faced. Now it's Scherzer, Degrom, Carrasco, McGill. It's unbelievable, and obviously you hope in a couple of weeks you'll have at least half of those guys back, but Matt, do you see the Mets being forced to make a trade simply because of injuries? 
I think so. Just because just because of the injuries, they can't trust that DeGrom and Scherzer, when they get back, that they're going to be healthy for the rest of the season. I think that's the biggest thing is that when a guy already is injured, the chance of re-injury of something just because of overcompensation or something like that is so high that they just can't trust that the, the guys that were already on the IL are going to come back fully healthy for the rest of the season. I think when fully, fully healthy, like Tyler said, they got one of the best rotations in the league. They have mm. five to six solid starters, but they can't trust the other guys are going to be healthy. So I think they have to make a move for a reliable starter. Even if, even if he's not the best starter in the world, a guy that's going to just eat up innings, stay healthy, stuff like that. I think that's the move they're going to have to make it, uh, especially as the deadline comes soon. I agree. I think they're going to need to make a move. And yeah, you, you said it. It's it's like even when DeGrom and Scherzer come back, not only could they get injured, even when they're on, they might not be the same guy they were a few months ago, you know, just immediately returning from injury. We, you can't guarantee that they're going to give you their top level stuff right out the gate. And I don't think anyone thinks that, you know, the Mets making a playoff run with DeGrom missing the entire year and Scherzer missing significant time. Those aren't they're not going to have their best stuff. So, you know, it, they sure got a lot of potential all-stars i guess you know in, in, in pete alonzo and, and 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 to me mcgill and you know up and down a lot of guys that could make an argument for being a top three guy in their position but you know it, it's going to be an interesting finish to the year because the mets have battled an unbelievable amount of injuries it's it's, it's been such bad luck and it, it's just you know it continues with carrasco so we'll see what they end up doing at the trade deadline just a few days ago, I believe, yes, just yesterday, the, the all-star voting update was released. Um, you know, a lot of interesting stuff here. A lot of guys that I expected to be higher, frankly. A couple guys where I, I wasn't too familiar with the year they've had, and they found their way very high on the rankings. Some controversial things. But, of course, Tyler Trevino, number two in AL catchers. Gotta love that. What other Yankees do you expect to make that push to be on the all-star ballot? Um. So Trevino, I didn't expect him to be the first guy because Alejandro Kirk's been awesome. I think Trevino's been a better catcher overall just because he's a much better defensive catcher. But you don't go to the All-Star game to watch defense. So I respect that Alejandro Kirk. Plus, he has a whole country voting for him in Canada. So, yeah, they've – they've. first of all, I just want to make a, little, a short little rant. Uh, half the Blue Jays players that are on this ballot do not deserve it. Uh, Santiago Espinal being second for a second baseman is ridiculous. Bo Bichette being first for shortstops. He's one, so we uh, talked about overvoted and guys who don't deserve it. Mm. Bo Bichette is the face of the overvoted players. Mm. The guy being first place for AL shortstops, I understand it's been a downer for some of the AL shortstops and Tim Anderson getting hurt, Jeremy Pena getting hurt, hurts their case. That being said, Bobuchet, I don't think he even should be top five amongst AL shortstops um, for voting. He's been pretty average. His defensive numbers aren't good. He's like a 700 OPS. He's, he's like an average shortstop. And sure, I guess I can say I kind of left us on there, which is completely undeserving. But um, still, it's you know to be honest though, the AL shortstop is a pretty weak rankings when you look at it. Obviously, because Correa was I'm a big Tim Anderson JUCO product. Love Tim Anderson forever, but yeah, you know, he, he's had a pretty solid year, nothing absolutely amazing, and he's number two. And then you look at it below Bogarts, Pena, IKF, like those are no one's standing out and saying, Wow, that guy's the Bogart, one, you know. Bogarts was Bogarts should be the one just because Tim Anderson got hurt, and Jeremy Pena getting hurt sucks because he was my vote for AL shortstop beforehand before everybody got hurt. That being said, um, yeah, no shot in hell should Bobachette be 
um, the AL shortstop starter. And there are other places to debate, but um, yeah, Bobuchet was the one that stood out to me. I was like, what the hell is going on? I think we'll have a plethora of Yankees, hopefully. I mean, it, it seems that way that, you know, a lot of these guys deserve to be in the in, in the all-star game, but especially Aaron Judge. Do you see do you see Aaron Judge even getting close or second place even getting close to Aaron Judge in that position? Mike Trout. Oh, Matt, my bad. I mean, Benson, you got it. Yeah, I it's an easy trust answer. The, trust the only guy that you could think that can maybe pass him just because of his popularity. But the Angels have been so bad in June that I don't think that I don't I don't think there's any way that anybody passes Judge in in, in that. Yeah, he Trout's got what Judge has almost uh three hundred thousand votes on Trout right now. Oh only other guy I could think of is Shohei Otani just because of the international popularity, but then again, the DH spot's kind of loaded right now. And one thing I wanted to point out before we wrap up, it, the American League catchers is hilarious. Trevino, three, uh, 387, th- sorry, 387,000 votes, and then Kirk with over a million. That's just pretty spectacular. He's near basically tripling the second place votes there. It's unbelievable. But I, I, I want to talk about, you know, the All-Star game in a, in, in a grander scheme do you think that it makes sense to do all-star ballots like this or should it be more of a media or managers or owners ballots type of thing tyler i think it should be uh, oh benson you want it you got it ben benson um i think it should be like half and half like half media half fan vote um actually no i think it should be one third for each fan vote media vote (laughs) player vote player vote deserves some love and i think that was the only fair way to do it yeah i think i agree with tyler i think the the one-third 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 works i think i think if you the as little as you can give the fans possible that's what you have to do because i was looking at the ballots and how does fernando tatis have 165 (laughs) it's annoying wait he hasn't played a game yeah yeah he's he hasn't played all year and Mm -hmm. he's fifth i think in in shortstops for the nl which is absurd to me like i i just don't i you see it with the nba as well like you see uh guys like zaza patchouli having like you know caruso andrew wiggins is here andrew wiggins got voted in the all-star starter yeah exactly hilarious and And yeah andrew wiggins in the k-pop right that was the case yeah the k-pop got him in that pretty much got him in real yeah yeah i think think, yeah yeah, I just think as little as you can give the fans the vote, I, I feel like they just turn it into more of a joke than, than anything else. Right. So the more you can give the players and the media, I think the players, they know so well how good player, like other players other are. Players are yeah. They have so much respect for other players yeah. that I think their vote is actually the most important. And I and love the manager also, vote yeah. too because I, it's like if, if you're a manager and you're prepping and you're doing all this – uh, research you know on on the team you're prepared to play against you surely know who you're most concerned about and that, and that right. really matters same, same thing for players i fully agree and then like with players and managers you can vote for guys who are underrated who don't mm-hmm. so who fans may not know so much about or fans may not understand mm-hmm. like for example i want to talk about this the snub because we wrote it in the rundown a snub that really got on my nerves was uh Tom, tommy edmund for the st louis cardinals um being the shortstop snub for the uh NL and I thought sure maybe he doesn't have the OPS but if you look at it he's seventh in uh F war which is Fangraphs war and then he leads the MLB in baseball reference war uh wins above replacement 
So basically, he's been one of the best players in baseball, and mm. he is fourth in voting, and he's very close to Fernando Tatis, who has not played a single game of baseball mm. this year. So Tommy Edmond deserves more love, especially in a weird, um, what do you call it, NL shortstop crowd, which is like there's Lindor, Trey Turner, and Dancy Swanson are good, but Tommy Edmond's been the clear best player of that crowd, and he has gotten zero love. And that's just a PSA to vote for Tommy Edmond. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have my own PSA too. Uh, Ian Happ, how about that incredible year? He's 17th, though, in NL outfielders voting, which is – that's crazy what? to me. He's 17th. See, there's no way if players he, and managers voted that, that Happ would be 17th. It's just what Right, because Happ is one of the best yeah. – especially in a weird outfield year for the NL where some guys have been hurt and some guys have underperformed, like Soto. Acuna has been, like, getting his stride. But, like, there's only been one, like, constant is Mookie Betts. Ian Happ should be in front of everybody's ballot, considering it's like Ian Happ, Mike Yastrzemski, Jock Peterson. That's pretty much it, because Harper's playing DH now. Mm-hmm. It should Ian Happ should not be 17. That's pretty ridiculous. That that just yeah, vote for Ian Happ, future Yankee Ian Happ. All right, and that'll be all the time we have. The Mets are in Miami after dropping two straight to the Astros. The Astros have come into the Bronx for three more games against the Yankees. Thanks for listening all day today, Friday on Nosebleeds. Miles Grossman, Tyler Who, Matt Benson. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports. The sports director of WFU Sports is Bobby Chafferdini. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good weekend.